I'm Leon, and welcome to Good Time, Not a Long Time, a weekly podcast where myself and Tegan discuss everything that's going on around us and how inept we are at succeeding in the game known as life. So I'm going to split it into three segments. So first, I'm going to have a general chat. Then I'm going to discuss something interesting that's going on, and then I'll finish it off with some deep thoughts at the end. So without wasting any time, let's get straight into the podcast. So to our regular listeners, you might have realised that Tegan's not here today. She's skiving. That's <laughs> I'm joking. She's not skiving. She's quite ill. She's saying that she is still going out, but honestly, if you heard her this morning, she was on the verge. The reason why this podcast thrives is because like we put our 100% energy into it and we enjoy that dynamic more. So Tegan's taking a bit of a break. But because I didn't want to leave anybody hanging dry this week, <laughs> I don't know how well this is going to go, but I am going to be doing a solo show for you today. I'm probably not your favourite host out of the two of us, I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to quite agree with that because I cannot carry things as much as Tegan can. Like, I cannot rant about things as much. I haven't got like the quirky little quips. Is that what they're called? I don't even know. I'm very nervous. But yeah, I'm going to be doing this. So show up. I can't even speak properly. That's that's how intense this is. Um, I'm going to be doing a solo show for you all today. So if you're listening for the very first time, this isn't usually how it goes. Listen to some of our older episodes where Tegan's actually in it. And yeah. Hello, everyone. It's me, Leon. Let's enter the Leon Zone. <laughs> Hopefully I'll put a sound effect in for that. If not, that's going to be a bit weird. So this also looks a bit suspicious as well because I remember joking last week about replacing Tegan as a co-host. <laughs> Don't worry, she's still part of it. That was a joke last week. But yeah, she did fall ill, so that's why I'm here. But, you know, when we left off last week, I was about to do my driving test. So I might as well, you know, update you all on that. It'll be better with Tegan here because she'd back me up on how like stupid and ridiculous it was. But yeah, I failed. And it's very frustrating as well because it was on something that I couldn't really control myself. Like, to be honest, I'm glad that I didn't fail because I put somebody's life at risk. I didn't fail because of that reason. I didn't fail because I was an obstacle. Uh, but, you know, looking back, it prob- I probably would have accepted it more if, say, I don't know, I'd ran over a child or I flew into a shop. I would have accepted my fail more, but it was the fact that I failed on something so ridiculous. I was approaching some filtered traffic lights. Now, when I was approaching them, they were red traffic lights, okay? They were already red, so I didn't know what they looked like when they were green. But at filtered traffic lights, if the light turns green, it means that the people going forwards can go, but you have to wait for the right turn light to turn green before you can turn right as well. I don't know if they have that sort of system in America, but that's basically what we had in the UK and what I was dealing with. So when I approached, the lights were red. And I could see that it was a filtered traffic light because the lights when they're filtered they're like in an l shape so i was waiting there and then the traffic lights turned green now because it's filtered it means the people going forwards can move so i was still in the same position because the examiner told me that i needed to turn right at this turn so i was waiting there and i was waiting there and i was waiting there Keep in mind as well, there was also traffic coming towards me as well, which also embedded the fact that I thought it was filtered because there were cars coming towards me. But then when the cars stopped coming towards me, there would have been a chance for me to turn, but my filtered traffic lights hadn't turned on yet. And I was getting a bit suspicious, not going to lie, because I also saw the examiner at the corner of my eye looking around and I thought, I I think I need to go. But as soon as I thought that, the lights turned back to red and then it was just a hard-hitting moment because at that point I knew I failed. Because in UK driving tests, if you're waiting, at a light and it goes from green and then back to red again it's just an automatic fail because you've kept traffic behind so as soon as that happened I was like oh 
oh my word, no. And at the end of the test, the examiner just turned around and was like, look, sometimes the filter traffic lights don't turn on. I'm sorry, what? What? How? How am I supposed to predict that? Like I said, when I was approaching those traffic lights, they were already red, so I didn't know what they looked like green. How was I supposed to know the filtered traffic lights were broken? I didn't know. I'm pretty sure loads of other people have made that mistake as well. If I was actually driving for real and I had a driver's license, I probably would have realized, oh my word, they're broken, and then would have gone the next turn. I wasn't really disrupting anybody. Well, I mean, I was keeping up some traffic, so technically, yes, I was disrupting, but I wasn't like an obstacle in front of anybody. I wasn't driving dangerously. I didn't put anybody in danger. If anything, I was waiting for a safe opportunity for me to turn right, waiting for those filtered traffic lights to turn green. But because the traffic lights were broken and the filter system wasn't working properly, I ended up getting a fail. And that's basically how I failed my test. And it was really frustrating because I was doing so well, so, so well up until that point. Like, I was already 20 minutes in. I think I'd only got one minor up until that point. And I'm pretty sure I know what the minor was. When I was turning left, I was accidentally coasting because I was trying to go into second gear. But then I got stuck with the... Or the gear got stuck. So I was approaching at a very slow speed. So then I had to pull it, pull it back into first gear. Uh, but because I was turning that corner with my foot still down on the clutch, I was coasting. So I got a minor there for control. But that was one minor and I was 20 minutes in. And yeah, I just failed. I failed because of the traffic lights and they weren't working properly. And I think that's also why it hit me the most as well. Because I literally did not fail because I was di- driving dangerously. I failed because I didn't know the lights were broken. And that was why it was hard hitting. And also my sisters mentioned this last week when I did it and they were like you know what this is the first time that you've failed at something and I took a step back and I thought about it and I was like you know you know what yes this is actually the first time that I have failed at anything and I don't want to say this as like being big-headed but in all the things that I've worked my ass off for it's always gone well even the small things like you know auditioning for school play I always got either the lead role or like a lead supporting because I remember the first one that I went for or the first role that I was auditioning for in high school was the wizard in the wizard of oz or not the wizard of oz it was the wizard in the whiz and you know I got the role of the wizard and I was like oh this is perfect this is fine and obviously the other two high school performances I was also the lead role in that I did really well in my GCSEs when I wanted to leave A-levels. I left A-levels and then I pursued other things and I was successful in them. I secured my job through really successful interviews and, you know, basically everything that I've worked hard at, I've always succeeded in. So this was the first time that I've worked hard towards something and failed. And I also think that was why it was very difficult for me to accept because I was like, I tried really hard at this. I've spent months preparing for this and this is what I get in return. (laughs) A fail. (laughs) Poor me. But yeah, so that's why it was probably hard to However, I've took a step back and I thought, it's not the end of the world. Yes, it's a bit of a bummer that, you know, I've been put on a waiting list now for my next test. Because of the whole COVID situation, I can't do a test again straight away. Like, back in the day, you could probably rebook a test in two weeks time and then boom done do it again to have a second chance but I'm probably going to have to be waiting months I'm probably going to have to redo my theory test as well because my theory test expires mainly due to the fact that I had to miss out an entire year because of the COVID situation so yeah my theory test is about to expire I'm probably going to have to redo that and then I'm going to be put on a waiting list for my driving test however you know I've taken a step back and I've just thought I haven't had a driving license for 19 years so another year probably isn't going to affect me that much like let's be honest oh but I need to get like lifts from people boohoo I've been doing that for 19 years so yeah you know I'm over it now I'm past it I knew that I gave it my best and I was trying to be safe but unfortunately the situation just didn't turn out how it was supposed to turn out so sorry to say everybody but yeah I failed 
And it's also devastating as well because when I went back into work the next day, my colleagues were, they were anticipated because I had to book the entire Monday off just so I didn't have to like go back into work after lunch. And also after a test as well, you don't really want to go back into work or be thrown into work. So I booked the entire day off. So on the next day, everybody was anticipating and they were wondering, oh my word, Leon, have you passed? And I went on the call and my manager was like, oh, so Leon, what's the good news? And I was like, oh, okay, I failed. <laughs> I failed. And then I told them the reason why. And, you know, everybody's been really supportive about it. They've all been like, oh, but it's not your fault, is it? The lights are broken. I'm like, yeah, no, but, you know, the more we think about it, the more I'm just going to be sent into another spiral, which I probably have done. Like, how long have I been speaking for? I've been speaking for 11 minutes. Okay. <laughs> I was sent into a spiral. <laughs> Perfect. Brilliant. But, you know, maybe next time. Maybe next time. It's just a shame that uh, I've also been looking really excitingly at car reviews and different cars and, you know, seeing which car would get. And, you know, it was most likely going to be the Suzuki Swift. No, not the Suzuki Swift. I'm lying. The Suzuki Ignis. It was going to be the Suzuki Ignis. It's a horrible looking car. I absolutely despise the arse of the car. But the front of it looks good. And also it comes with, like, so much equipment anyway. By the time I pass my test, there might be, like, some modernised version of it or there might be some other like modern cars to choose from so yeah oh well it's a shame really but on the bright side i get to save more money so there you go on the day when i failed though i almost went a little bit berserk with my money because obviously i had budgeted a car into my savings for the next i don't know three years so i then went on the internet and the money that i was going to spend on the car i was like you know what let me just spend this on anything that i want so i went on the internet looking at like gaming pcs and tablets and macbooks and imacs and just all like all of this stuff and and then I took a step back and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing with myself? Stop, Leon, stop. You don't need this. So I'm just going to be saving instead. Anyway, moving on from that, I have been on a Modern Family binge recently. Tegan's going to kill me for this because she's been wanting me to watch Line of Duty for absolutely ages now. And I keep on saying to her, I'll watch it when I have the chance. And the thing is, <laughs> I've managed to binge every single season of Modern Family. So clearly, I had the time to watch Line of Duty, but I chose to watch Modern Family instead. Now, see, I love Modern Family. It's a really lighthearted show. You know what you're going to get from it. You know that, you know, there's going to be an issue at the beginning, then they're going to resolve it towards the end. The reason why I binge it so much is because I have it on in the background as I'm working, mainly because I don't have to pay that much attention to it. Like, it's not a thriller or anything. It doesn't require a lot of brain power. So I usually have it on in the background just to, you know, have a, like, a little listen. And it's relatable as well. It's about families that aren't perfect. I mean, what families are perfect? None. I can tell you that for free. <laughs> Even though I've enjoyed it and it's great, I do have a few issues with it. There's been a few issues with Modern Family that I'd like to share. So the first issue that I have is how predictable it is. Like, I know that I said that it being predictable is a good thing because you know that it's going to start off with an issue and then it's going to end with, like, a good ending. That always happens. But with some plot points, you can tell from a mile off what's going to happen. And I don't know whether that's the reason why I enjoyed it so much because of how, like, predictable it was. For example, there was... Um, these these aren't spoilers as well because they're not going to impact the story that much. Okay, so there was a moment where Cam, who's one of the characters, was speaking to the parents of this boy who Cam's daughter Lily has been hanging out with. And Lily gets all shy and, you know, she runs off. And then Cam thinks, oh my word, she's got a little crush on the boy. However, after watching Modern Family for so long, I knew oh, it's not that simple. She's probably got a crush on the father. And what happens? She's got a crush on the father. It's predictable things like that. I knew how it was going to end. But I think that's also why I was listening to it during, or watching it during work, because I knew where the storyline was going to go, so I didn't have to pay that much attention in between. However, another issue that I have with it is just how sex 
sex-obsessed the teenagers are. It was ridiculous the amount of teenagers who were just obsessed with kissing everyone or, like, you know, having sex with people. And it was so bizarre to watch. And I was like, this is real uncomfortable. Like, even the smart one, Alex. Alex was obsessed with boys and would have, like, breakdowns if she didn't get with a certain boy. And then there was a point where Alex got with some, like, you know, really dodgy boys just for the sake of getting with someone, which is really weird. And I just thought that it didn't fit Alex's character to do that, but it was every single teenager in the show. They were always obsessed with either girls or boys, always. I don't know whether it's an American thing, to be honest. It could just be the whole, like, difference in countries because, I mean, in the UK... If you were an Alex-type character, you know, someone who's focusing more on the studies, you don't really care about boys that much, or you don't really care about girls that much, do you? Like, you're focusing on your studies, a boyfriend or girlfriend is, like, a second thing that you think about. You don't, that's not really a priority, because your priority is going to university, getting that degree, and then, like, completing it, and then everything else comes after. If you get a boyfriend or girlfriend in between, it's fine, but you you don't really become sex-obsessed, like they were showing in Modern Family. I would say that I'm an Alex-type character. I do not care about getting in in a relationship that much i mean that just <laughs> that could just be me right <laughs> but i'm not obsessed about those things that much like i care about my future and i care about my education but i'm not going to be getting with some sort of cougar who's in their 50s just for the sake of getting into a relationship which i mean i guess i was exaggerating that a bit because alex didn't get with like older people but no she did she did because on one episode she got with this like random old guy or well, not old guy just this guy who was like older than her and who was also a criminal as well it's just like it just didn't fit a character and i just didn't like how sex obsessed everyone was the most annoying character that i'm gonna have to say is luke i honestly despise luke with a passion the actor in real life he's probably a decent guy but the character he portrays i just didn't like how obsessed he be- like when he was a little kid in the show it was all like oh girls oh it's weird oh, i don't like kissing or whatever like that but then he becomes like really sexy crazy and it was really disappointing for me to watch because I, like, oh, I, I liked Luke I really did but now he's obsessing about girls mistreating them as well in that family he would have been brought up a certain way he wouldn't have been brought up to like treat girls like that like the way he was treating them in the show and I honestly hated it so yeah they were my issues with Modern Family all in all though I really enjoyed it it let me down a bit with how they portrayed like some of the teenagers because it was like the teenagers were created using the same template but ended up having you know slightly different personalities they all had a similar core to them so in my eyes they weren't unique in their own way and that was the issue that i had the teenagers didn't reflect teenagers that much they reflect them in you know being rebellious and talking back to the parents and things like that but i don't really know I can't believe I've just been talking about uh, Modern Family for this long. I'm really sorry, everybody, <laughs> if you're not interested. But usually by now, T would have come in with a, like a casualty rant, right? So I guess I can talk about Modern Family. Yeah? Yeah, I can do. Uh, what else can I talk about? Oh, I have to drag this for like 40 minutes, don't I? Uh, I filed my nails for the first time. That was really weird. So I don't usually file my nails. So when I cut my nails, I use the clippers or whatever. But this time I thought, mm, you know what? I've got like this nail filer attached to the clippers and I just decided to like file my nails. But worst mistake in the world, because I do Thai boxing, I filed my nails too much. So when I was punching pads and stuff, it bruised my fingertips. You know, absolutely devastating. So <laughs> if you're going to file your nails, people, don't file them too much. Don't get too carried away. But I just found it really satisfying to just, you know, file them and just see them being all perfect. So they were like quite... I don't know how to describe it quite sharp and rigid before but you know after filing them they're like smooth and soft obviously i was showing a bit too much of my skin because i ended up bruising my fingertips <laughs> Ooh. 
on another side note, I've also been quite obsessed with uh, breadsticks. Breadsticks and dips. I don't know where it came from, but you know, usually for movie night, we all get together as a family. You know, we have like pizza to start off with or just like we, we eat something first. It's most likely going to be something unhealthy like pizza, chicken, chips, whatever. So we usually have that. And then we watch a movie together and we have like Doritos dips and, you know, sometimes popcorn. Well, no, all the times popcorn and alcohol, fizzy drinks, whatever. Just like a proper movie night. And I thought, no, you know, I want to be slightly more healthy. I don't really want to have Doritos. Although saying that, (laughs) I think I've realised I'm a nervous eater. I think I've realised that because as soon as I failed my test, I came home, ate about half an entire box of breadsticks and almost consumed an entire tub of sour cream and chive dip. (laughs) And then yesterday when I was having like, I wouldn't say stressful because it saying that I had a stressful day at work probably has negative connotations. I still enjoyed work. It's just, it was very full on. And then I came downstairs and had an entire family packet of Doritos and then half of the salsa dip. So I don't know, maybe I'm a nervous eater. Who knows? Probably am. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. Let's let's not think about how hypocritical I'm being. But yeah, I wanted to be healthy. And I thought, mm, how can I be healthy? I thought, mm, actually, breadsticks and dips. I'm craving it. I'm craving it. I like, you know what I also want as well? Pickles. Sorry, I'm moving off on a rant too much. Pickled. I've never had a proper pickle. But I feel like a pickle would be something that I like. Because I like gherkins. I'm probably one of the only people in the world who actually likes gherkins. But hey-ho. Give me a pickle. I want to try them. I should probably ask for one. I don't even know if they have them or if they're like readily available in the UK but yeah I wanted to be healthy and I thought you know bed six and dips and ever since that day I've now been obsessed with bed six and dips like I will now want bed six and dips every week and if I needed something to snack bread sticks and sour cream and chives boop dip it in so it's become a bit of a problem because I don't remember the last time I considered like another snack I've never gone into the kitchen and thought oh, I'll have a biscuit or let me get an orange uh, or let me just like make some toast or something no it's always been is there bread sticks left Yes, okay, I'll eat them. Uh, apart from yesterday, obviously, when I had Doritos. But anyway, I think it's now time to move on to In What World? It's a bit weird not having Tegan here saying, In This World. Okay, so in this segment, we discuss something interesting that's currently going on in the world. And this week, a new giant prehistoric rhino has been uncovered and has been deemed the largest land mammal to have ever existed on the earth. Now, I just think this is absolutely mental because, you know, we keep on uncovering so many historic things all the time and we keep on discovering like new species and stuff. Like it's never ending. And every single time we discover a new thing, it always baffles me because like, how did we miss it in the first place? But yeah, so paleontologists work in China have discovered this new rhino species. It's called the, oh, I'm going to butch this name. (laughs) I'm so sorry. The, the para, oh, oh, holy crap. Uh, The paracaritherium, probably sounded like I had a stroke, but yeah, it was the para, I'm just going to call it para for short. The para was mainly found in Asia, according to a press release from the Chinese Academy of Sciences published on Friday. The way they discovered it was actually quite rare because, you know, usually fossils, they come in pieces. However, this fossil came as like one complete skull. You know, the scientists were like, whoa, you know, this is like a really rare occurrence. And the skull itself was more than a meter long or three feet long, if that's your unit of measurement. And they also found a cervical spine 
designed for it. So, yeah, you might be wondering, hmm, how large was this land mammal that we've just discovered? Well, let me tell you. So, based on the fossils, they're saying that the animal would have weighed about 24 tons, which is the same size as six elephants. Its shoulders would have been more than 16 feet off the ground. The head would have been 23 feet, and its body would have been 26 feet long, which I don't even think I can fathom that. If you search it on the internet, you can find an artistic illustration of what it could have looked like, and I'm telling you now, it's huge. <laughs> Gina, it's huge. And to put that into perspective, giraffes, I'd say giraffes are the tallest mammals that we've got at the minute. Was it the blue whale is the largest mammal in the ocean? The largest land mammal is probably a giraffe. But to put that into perspective, male giraffes may exceed 18 feet in height females reaching 14 feet but this vinyl thing this para para would have been 26 feet long 16 feet off the ground and head at 23 feet off the ground massive it does make you wonder like how can something this big not be found sooner or discovered sooner it would have been massive although i guess you know because again they only found a head and a spine so that's probably the reason why like they've not got the full skeleton i wish they had because i want to see it. i want to see how actually big it was but reading things like this just makes me really intrigued and i kind of get put into a spot where it's like yin and yang essentially because I'd love to have seen like how massive these things were like when they keep talking about massive snakes and massive alligators and you know the massive mammals and massive everything everything was massive back in those days I would have just loved to like go back and see these things and see oh my word this like how big is this thing but then I realized you know back then everything probably would have wanted to kill you so <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like um yeah it would be cool to go back and see these things but they probably probably would have killed you within a second of seeing them. So I guess that's a story for the tombstone, right? Leon died by being stepped on by a giant rhino. I'd accept that. Anyway, in other news, it's quite an interesting one, this one, and quite disturbing as well, considering this has come from quite a, I'd say, established corporation, company, whatever you want to call them. So the World Health Organization basically advised that women of childbearing age should be prevented from drinking alcohol. Now, when I first read that, for some reason, I was like, oh, that makes sense, you know, because I was thinking of pregnant women. Obviously, if you're pregnant, really, you shouldn't drink. Or if you're currently, like, planning with a doctor to have a child, it's probably best not to drink. But no, the World Health Organization wants any woman of childbearing age to stop drinking. And to put that into perspective, that is 16 to 50-year-olds. They basically want to ban 16 to 50-year-olds from drinking. What? What sort of society are we living in where the World Health Organization could just announce that off the fly and be like, yeah, this is normal? No, this that is not right. Maybe some women don't want to have a child, yet they're being forced not to drink alcohol. Like, alcohol is a part of everyday life. Even though I don't drink alcohol that much, <laughs> I'm a bit of a softie. <laughs> you will catch me drinking apple juice at the bar. That's as far as my alcoholic experience goes. Although I only like my four percenters, like, you know, VK. Ciders are a big one as well. I love ciders, like Copperbergs and ciders are mainly four percent, or a lot of them are anyway, so that's why I love them that much. But yeah, you wouldn't <laughs> you would not catch me drinking a whiskey. That's all I'm saying. Forty percent, I'd be dead. Vodka on the floor after like two sips. <laughs> Although I did have a vodka lemonade. I tried that when I went to like a training course for my work. I, I tried a little bit of vodka lemonade and I don't know why people drink that for fun because it's like just drinking normal lemonade with a hint of nail varnish. That's essentially what vodka lemonade is. Well, let me just drink this lemonade but feel like, you know, I'm consuming an entire bottle of nail varnish. Disgusting. Anyway, I think it's bizarre that the World Health Organization is even imposing like such things because imagine if they turned around and been like, hmm, men who are between the ages of 16 
16 to 50 year old, you're not allowed to have alcohol because then it's going to stop bar fights. It's going to stop maldi behavior, blah, 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 whatever. If it was down to them saying men were banned, there'd be a huge uproar. Like, probably everybody would know about it. I'm like, what? This is mental. So why is it okay to do that to women? Because like I said, some women might not even want children in the first place. And also like 16 to 50 year olds, that is a big gap. Like, well, just because you're of childbearing age, you're not allowed to have a drink. No, give over. It's part of like everyday society. And I think to rebel against that, just ladies go out, have a party, have a party, drink as much as you want and show the World Health Organization that they can stuff it. They can go for 0121 do one, as Teague would say. I would have accepted this a bit. No, I wouldn't even have accepted it. What am I talking about? I would have like laughed this off if it was from any other organization like, or if it was from like some random person or some random specialist who's like, yes, uh, women of childbearing age should not be drinking alcohol. I would have been like, mm. <laughs> get lost, Frank. You know, <laughs> but because it's come from the World Health Organization, it's quite disturbing because they're supposed to be this body of health and they're supposed to be giving advice. Yet the advice that they're giving is things like this. I just don't understand. I just don't understand what's going on. And I don't understand what was going through their heads, to be honest. If they ever enforce this, there'll be chaos. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, I think it's our time to move on to deeper dirt. Okay, so this section is usually Tegan's section where she talks about a deep thought that she's found or thought of and, you know, sends us to an existential crisis. She tries. <laughs> she tries, and the most of the time it's mainly just me, like, debunking them because I find it funnier. Uh, oh, she's probably going to kill me for saying that. But yeah, no, I've basically had to download this app called Shower Thoughts today, <laughs> this morning, just so I could have some deep thoughts because I don't think about these things. But, you know, to keep her on trend with the podcast, might as well just finish off with some deep thoughts, okay? So this one that I found was from Facebook and... Oh, my word. <laughs> I <I'm- laughs> I've just realised that it's the Facebook account of the Shower Thoughts app, so I should have just only downloaded the Shower Thoughts app, but yeah, anyway. The deep thought. When you're a kid, you think coffee is the most adult drink. Then as a teenager, you think alcohol is a really cool adult drink. Then you finally become an adult and realise that all along, it was water. Water is the ultimate drink, and you know... (laughs) You know what? I can relate. I can relate. Although, as a kid, I never really wanted coffee. I absolutely despised it. I like iced frappes. You know, the iced coffee. And I can pretty much handle an iced coffee drink as long as it's got a bit of sugar in it. But any other coffee, like hot coffee, no. Cappuccino, no. Espresso? That's like taking a shot of death. Of just pure energy. You might as well just get a battery and, like, shove it down your throat. That's basically how an espresso goes down. Espresso yourself <laughs> So I'm becoming a bit delusional. I've been speaking for way too long by myself in a room by myself. Some people looking through the window probably think I'm insane. What was he even talking about? Oh, yes. The whole like drink situation. So yeah, it's true because, you know, as a kid, you think all these adult drinks, oh, I can't wait to have these all all these adult drinks. But I'm at an age now where I'm just like water. <laughs> Go downstairs, put some ice cubes in, cold water, done, finished. I remember I used to drink apple juice loads. I used to drink really fizzy drinks loads as well. Like if we had fizzy drinks in the house, they, it'd be gone within the weekend because I'd just drink it all. However, now I've been slightly more tame. So when there's fizzy drinks left over, when there's apple juice left over, I will most likely just have water. If it's throughout the week and we're not having a movie night or whatever, I will usually just have water throughout the week. And honestly, water, lifesaver, it is just one of those drinks that you underestimate as a kid. And then suddenly, boom, water. It's amazing. <laughs> just It's so refreshing as well. So refreshing. And I just want to point out as well that, I mean, this is probably standard at this point. Everybody knows this, but water's taste is based on the temperature and it's probably the only drink that is based on the temperature or the taste that's based on the temperature and i just find that absolutely bizarre because it's right if you drink warm water it's absolutely disgusting 
Okay, my opinion it is anyway. Like, has anybody ever been ill? And then the mum's been like, drink hot water. No, because that's going to make me be sick. And I know that's the point of it, but why would I put myself through that torture? No, thank you. Get it away. Send it to Satan. Not today. But yeah, if it's cold water, oh... Oh, beautiful. Just chilled water, especially on a hot day as well. Although, I must say that if it's a really hot day, like if it's a heat wave or anything, do not down an entire like bottle of cold water because it sends your body into some sort of shock and it could like really hurt you because you know, if you fall onto some concrete or whatever, it could do some serious damage. So if, you know, you're out there in a heat wave and you need a drink of water, it's okay just to have like cool water, not cold water. Have cool water first and then, you know, drink cold water but don't down an entire like bottle of cold water because you know you hear some quite serious like hover stories about people like being sent into a shock and then you know dying because they collapsed on the floor and like broke the neck and yeah oh anyway another deep thought let's do it come on shower thoughts what have you got okay so another deep thought that i found from the shower thoughts app we're not sponsored by the way i mean i wish the minute we get sponsors in you know you know things are going down getting the dollar <laughs> dollar make me holler <laughs> But, um, so philosophers are simply adults who have never stopped questioning why as a child. And you know what? I think it says a lot, really, because, you know, back in the day, it was the people who kept on asking why, which has got society to where it is now. Like, let, let's be honest. It was the people who questioned things and went, hmm, this could be better. And they went through that entire process and, you know, made things better. And we rant about this all the time. But children nowadays, they don't get that freedom essentially. They're put into an education system from early on, and they get put into, like, revised all this pointless stuff, and then being thrown into exams. They don't really get the chance to question, why does this happen, or why does this work? Like, we don't really have the chance to go off and learn something ourselves, or, like, question something ourselves, and then, you know, maybe do an exam based on our findings. But no, everything nowadays is just based on what somebody else knows. Let's revise this 300-page book that somebody else has written, that we haven't had anything to do with, but we're just going to have to, like, stress for an entire two years just cramping all this information that somebody else has written just so we can get some sort of grade because apparently that means that we're smart. No, it does not. In the past, we questioned how on earth did these ancient people create, like, the pyramids or how on earth did they create these structures with their technology that, that they've had? And my answer to that is because they were more creative, okay? They had to be more creative. Like, let's be honest, they had to work with what they had and they didn't have the chance to go, oh, let's revise all of this stuff. No, they had to go, this is a rock. What can I do with this rock? Let's turn it into a weapon or oh, let's turn it into a pyramid. That's probably why when we look back at these things, we think, how did they do that with the technology that they had? If society nowadays was encouraged to allow the children to be more creative, I think we'd absolutely skyrocket. Like the amount of technology that we could create would be phenomenal. And I also think maybe the reason why teenagers aren't getting into science anymore is because they're not allowed to be creative with it. Again, it's based on other people's theories. And I remember as a child, science used to be one of my favourite subjects because you just saw explosions all the time. And, you know, you did your own experiments. Like, you went off into the school playground and studied a caterpillar and, like, wrote everything down you knew about the caterpillar and whatever. And I think that's why children find that science fun. But then when you go into high school, it's like you're pummeled into a pulp with textbooks and all this specialist, like, terminology. And also, most of the time, in science and maths or whatever, you just have to learn the mark scheme. In the UK, anyway, you literally learn the mark scheme. That's how I pass my science. <laughs> That's how I pass my science exams because I literally learned. The- I didn't learn the actual content. I learned the mark scheme. Yeah, and I think that's why teenagers aren't. You're know, getting in, or a lot of teenagers aren't getting into science, and that's why we're also not moving as much as we want to in technology. Because honestly, I think it takes a certain amount of person to just stick with 
science based on like the high school experience. However, if we were able to just continue that question of why does this happen or why do we do this? Or if we were able to, you know, come up with our own experiments or our own theories, no matter how crazy it would be, like I wish the system was like, okay, you come up with a theory, you explain yourself, you create all these reports and you tell me about it and then you get a grade based on that. I think that would be better. For example, I want to turn around and be like, I believe that unicorn dust will be able to send a rocket to Pluto within five days. That might be an... That might be an exaggeration, but I, I mean, you know, just something like that where I propose something and then I go off and then I research it myself. And then I get graded on that because I've used my scientific knowledge to answer a question that I have asked myself. And I've gone through like all these sources, all these things, compile everything together. And then hopefully that should make someone go, oh yeah, you know, yeah. Because there's also certain parts of science as well that some people don't like, but then other people might like as well. Like I absolutely loved space. I loved learning about space in school and it also got to a point where I was nearly taken on by NASA. Uh, Well, the English equivalent of NASA because my science teacher had connections. It never happened because my science teacher's dad got ill and then she had to leave and she left early so I wasn't able to like continue with the process but because I was so obsessed with space and learning all about it, I was tempted to work for an organisation like NASA or the uh, British Space Industry because I just loved learning about space. However, it was the other stuff involved with physics, which I absolutely despised, like learning about vibrations in the ground. Like, even though you might argue, you know, some of this stuff would come hand in hand with like some space stuff, but I mainly liked learning about space. And it was a shame because in our curriculum, that was like only two pages. Like the entire space topic was like two pages of the entire booklet that we had. And that was it. Everything else was just like sound waves and vibrations and all this boring stuff and electricity. I don't care. I want to learn about space. I want to learn about white dwarfs and uh, the Big Bang and things like that. But because of all this other stuff involved with physics, I didn't end up taking it as an A-level because I was like, no, it's just, it's, there's too much, which I don't like. And I think that's also going to be a barrier as well, because some people might enjoy some aspects of like science, but obviously they can't dive into that section that much because everything else just takes over. Like maybe in biology, for example, you really love learning about the human body, but then instead you have to learn about like the respiration system of a moth or... Or learning the entire ecosystem of, like, a certain place. Just th- just things like that. Like, I feel like it would be better if we were able to explore in depth just a certain part of science that we liked. And then we can go on to university to study that specific type of science. Honestly, I think society would move in a much better way because then you wouldn't be like, oh my word, I hate science in general because of all this stuff. No, you could focus on something and be like, oh, actually, I don't like this part of chemistry, but I do love this other part of chemistry. So that's what I want to focus on and that's what I want to go on to learn. And just imagine the amount of specialised scientists we'd have if we do that. I'm just saying, Just, I mean, I'm not the education secretary, but you know, why can't we do that? But anyway, you've probably dealt with my rambling for a bit too long now. Uh, I think it's time to wrap it up for this week. So like I said, this has been a different format. Tegan's not here. She's ill. She will be returning next week. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed she doesn't die. <laughs> And also, don't worry, it's not COVID as well, I don't think. But yeah, this has been a completely different format. I hope you've liked it. I mean, I hope I've been able to entertain you for the full 40 minutes. It's probably going to be brought down to 30 minutes or something like that. But yeah, if you want to follow the podcast, you can do on Twitter at GTNALT Podcast. And if you want to follow me, you can do on Twitter at Bogus Plague. And if you've enjoyed what we had to say, you can support us on Patreon for as little as a pound, or that's like $1.40 in uh, the US. And yeah, you can get access to exclusive content and and you'll find our Twitter at and our Patreon link in the episode bio and also the podcast bio. So yeah, thank you everybody for listening to me rant this week. And both Tegan and I will see you next week. So goodbye.
Sorry, I can't do it as long as Tegan can because my thought is gone. 